Welcome to another episode of the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions. Hi, the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions are available on the following platforms. Anchor, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. Follow us by hitting the follow button and subscribe so that you can hear all this important information that pertains to life and the future. Thanks. Hello. Welcome and welcome back. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy Wednesday to you. Um, you know, I feel like every time I let one of the um lessons on the library play, I feel like I um I've been away forever. <laughs> And that feels weird, but um, I'm glad to be doing a whole lesson, and then we could keep moving. <clears throat> um, I want to say welcome to the new people, and welcome back to the old reliables. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing this platform. Um, we're here to walk with the most high in his word. I'm here to minister to you, give you some information that I know, um, and instill some words of wisdom to you. Um, like I said, I feel like I've been away forever when I don't do a fresh lesson. As I said, um, a week and a half ago, I do have a lot of lessons. So I've been working on a lot of things, but at the same time, I know that when new people come, it's so much stuff there in the library that um, it can become overwhelming. And I understand that because I also listen to other people and um, the wisdom that they have it's like going to a buffet what do you get first everything's so good what do you get first so I try every once in a while to um uh, re-upload or resend a um a message up to the forefront so that people can hear it because I feel like it's really important. Um, wherever we choose to get on or what, whenever we are um, selected by the most high to spiritually open our eyes and our spirits, when the most high chooses, we got to know where to start because it's, so much to know is so much to do is so much to understand is so much to receive it's a lot it's a lot coming at you um at once sometimes and it becomes very overwhelming 
However, when you allow the most high to lead you where you need to go, you don't have to rely on yourself trying to figure out, oh, where do I start? You allow the most high, who is the Ruach? Because you know, um, he's a tripart being to lead you to all truth. Now you in your mind might be saying, where do I start? But I'm sure when the most high opens up your eyes, the Ruach sends you in a direction that you should go. My suggestion to you is to listen. Okay, because we want to do everything at all times and we can't. Um, we are spiritual beings inside of a fleshly coat and we cannot let the fleshly coat lead us. We must listen. We have to adhere. Okay, we can't just hear it. We have to listen to it because listening is taking action. Okay, it's an action to listen because you then act on what you've heard. Instead of just hearing it and letting it go from one ear to the to the next one or letting it pass by you. I say that to say that there's so many people being spiritually awakened. It's a lot. And we got to know where to go. And we got to know what to do. And me... Um, being one of those people once upon a time and all the rest of the people who are who are um, working their faith, they had a Genesis too when they first woke up and um, they followed whoever it was. And then when they received, or if they received, I would just say, if slash when they received the message from the Most High, because Most High said in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit. People going to be doing stuff. He's going to be giving gifts. They're going to understand what their gift is because everybody's going to get a gift. Everybody's going to get a gift, but it may not be a gift of healing. It may not be a gift of ministering. It may not be a gift of prophecy. It may not be that gift. Remember, we are the body of the bride, all of us assembling. And um, that just segues me into what this lesson is about, because I'm going to be talking about the bride. I'm going to be talking about it. Um, the fact that she's broken and she's in pieces. She is so fragmented and so lost that she got to get it together. She has to get it together. And at this point right now, she is so broken. She doesn't know what to do or where to turn. And that's where the most highest blessings come in. When he say he's going to pour out his spirit because the bride got to get it together. The bride has to get it together. So we're going to talk about the bride in different. Um, I'm going to come from different perspectives. Okay, because the bride is not one person. The bride is the children of Israel along with the second flock. That's what the bride is. And within the scriptures, um, it talks about the bride. Even Yeshua in the New Testament talks about the bride being many pieces, you know, not just one piece like an eye or a finger. No, just like Yeshua um, said that um, the Ruach is going to give many blessings Different blessings, same Ruach giving it. This is all relevant. Everything's relevant. So this is a part of what I'm going to be talking about. I'll probably be talking about this week and next week. So I want to talk about the bride. And at some point, I will be talking about men and women in the children of Israel. I'm just going to be talking about them. 
Um, would it pertain to other people? I guess it would, since there's men and women, but I'm focusing on the children of Israel because it's in the scriptures, Old Testament. This is Old Testament in regards to men and women of the Old Testament. So if I'm talking about the Old Testament, I'm only talking about, I'm referring to the children of Israel. But like I said, um, the most High said, because the children didn't listen and it's all about listening. Okay. Not just hearing. Cause when you're listening, you're obeying, you're making your, what you heard active because you're acting on what you listen to from somebody of power or influence. That's why I said what I'm saying, but, um, back to what I was saying, um, when we start listening, we started hearing to what is being said and we start obeying what has been said. And then things happen when we start to listen adhere, and obey. So we're acting on what uh, we were told, the laws, the commands, we're acting on that, meaning we are exercising our faith. That's what we're doing because you can't come to the most high without faith. Okay. But you don't have that faith and you need to listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. You cannot come to the most high without faith. First of all, you can't come to him without him choosing you. That's number one. That's spiritual. Number two, when you're, you're, when he physically, well, you know, when he touches you and you're, uh, you awaken, Okay, when you awaken, when your spiritual eyes are awaken and you seek him, he's going to give you all the tools you need to because he's going to direct your steps. But you have to listen. You have to adhere and you have to act on it, on your faith, because you're not even going to get a message if you don't have faith. Okay, you have to build the faith that moves mountains. It has to be built. So this is why this walk is from the time you wake up to the time you stop breathing. This is not, okay, well, we just going to do this for 10 years and then I'm going to get what I want. That's not realistic. And it's not, oh yeah, all you got to do is just believe and then this is happening. No, that's not it. It's too complex. For people to say that it's very simplistic and quite ignorant. And when I say ignorant, I mean not knowing, not understanding that faith is an action word, not just, oh yeah, I believe. No, it's an action word. Okay. Um, and that's in the scriptures. And I say all of this stuff to say, which is a segue to this lesson. And the lesson today is called irreconcilable differences. Now, why? Did I choose this? I chose this. Or did I really choose it or just, <laughs> I can't say I chose it, but I will say it. I can't say that I chose it, but I will say it because this has been um, one of the lessons I already told you when I receive messages, I just start writing stuff down. I may not use it for a long time. I have books and books and books with lessons, but I may not use it until it sits in my spirit and calls out to me with experiences and what I'm seeing today. That's how 
it comes. There's some lessons that come to me in the middle of the night and I got to, I got to, it's like a hot potato. Oh, I got to let it go. I got to let it go. And that's how it is. But then there's some lessons that's written down. And when things start happening because of spiritual discernment and everything stays in my memories museum. And then I, when it comes to me spiritually, I know where to go to get it. That's how it works with me. So this particular lesson, like I said, there's a couple of parts. I'm not going to say it's a series. I'm just going to say it's a different parts because they intertwine one another. And that's going to be next week, y'all willing. But this, I actually wrote this lesson up almost a month ago, honestly. And it was sitting here. Um, the reason why today is the best day to, to deliver this message is because the most high is perfect and the most high knows when things need to be delivered. Remember, he did all of this before the foundation of the world. So there's no such thing as by chance. Oh yeah, well, I'm just going to do this today. No. So this particular lesson, Irreconcilable Differences, is very important to all of us in every um, relationship that we have, in every interpersonal relationship that we have. Now, you know, we have interpersonal relationships with our friends, with our families, um, direct family members, spouses, children, Extended family members, sisters, brothers, aunties, uncles, mothers, fathers, extended family, first cousin, second cousin, first removed, second removed, et cetera, et cetera. All of these um, interpersonal relationships are very important to us if we um, maintain them and keep them and um, vice versa with the uh, the other person on the other end, because, you know, it takes two to have an interpersonal relationship. So um, sometimes these relationships break down. And a lot of times we say to ourselves, how did this relationship break down? And this is any and every interpersonal relationship. Now, I did a lesson on friendships. Matter of fact, I probably did a few on friendships. There's a lot of information in regards to friendships in the scriptures, in the Bible, outside the Bible. When I say the Bible, I mean the 66 books, Old Testament and New Testament. Those books that the heathens took out of the Bible, there's stuff about friendship there too. Also, marital relationships in and out of that Bible. And I said I was going to do a lesson on men and women. And it has to do with relationships because we're men and women. <laughs> so at some point, I'm going to do something in regards to that. But it's going to be a real serious lesson. So you have to give me some time. But in the meantime, I will be talking about um, relationships. And not, like I said, all interpersonal relationships, all of them, all of them, because it takes um there's a recipe for you to keep a relationship and that's any relationship. There's a recipe and people just don't want to follow the recipe no more. And I'm going to say this, hold on.
I'm writing while I'm saying hold on so it's not like I'm just dawdling um I don't want to be the dead horse and I'm not going to and I probably um I will be focused on never beating a dead horse or reinventing the wheel. Like I said many times before, there's so many dynamic people that's on time with it. I mean, they hitting it on the head, meaning they right on time with a word that we all need to hear. I will be grabbing those things. Um, if I feel like this is a lesson that uh, the people who listen to me need to listen to. Um, I am humble enough to say there are people <clears throat> that hit it, I mean, right on the nose. They're hitting it on the nose. And we already know game recognize game. So uh, it's not just somebody just coming out of left field, okay? I do know how to discern, praise y'all, hallelujah. So I understand and can tell when somebody is coming spiritual with it, elevated with it. So there's no need for me to reinvent the wheel. I don't have a problem uploading um, someone who is blessed with a, with a lesson onto my platform. So there will be that. And I've said that before and I have done that before. So that's not a problem. Um, in regards to these irreconcilable differences, I have a lot to say simply because I haven't been um, doing a lesson for a week. And every day something is happening. And I've been telling you that for the last couple of weeks, I've been not only me, but everybody has been experiencing um, situations um, that have uh, presented themselves in many different ways and everything is relevant. I already told you the wars, the separations, the um, plagues, all kinds of stuff. People acting like beasts, all kinds of stuff is happening right before our very eyes. And we don't know what to make up. Some people don't know what's going on. They just think it's business as usual. But we, as the two flocks, we know better. So in regard to that, I'm going to say this. Um, within the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of people that's been getting divorces or rumors of divorces. And I already said before, the divorce rate in the United States is 50% if it's not higher. The divorce rate is very high, so much so that people don't believe in marriage anymore or close interpersonal relationships. It don't always have to be a marriage, but it could be a symbolic marriage between friendships. You know what I'm saying? Because even in, um, they say this term in uh, at the workplace, oh, he's my workplace husband or she's my workplace wife and the reason why they say that is because you see this person eight hours a day five days a week sometimes nine and ten hours you have to work with this person if you're not getting along it's going to be hell on earth okay and that's how relationships can be then there's relationships um that could start off good and then some way along the line somebody's doing something to mess up the relationship and they totally um 
refuse to acknowledge that they dropped the ball, okay? They took somebody for granted. They're overestimating somebody or underestimating somebody, and then it goes south. We're going to get into a little bit of that. But not only am I talking about interpersonal relationships, I'm also talking about the bride of the Most High. Because we need to get it together, children of Israel. I will always, always focus on you. Okay? I, I'm with the second flock too, because that's what Yeshua says. But I will always, always focus on you simply because I'm a child of Israel. I will always focus on you. Okay? I will always admonish you when you need to be admonished. Okay? I will always be humble and I will always give you credit too. I will always lift you up. I will always hold you down. I will always do that. But right is right and wrong is wrong. And we all got to come to the realization and elevate and understand what that means. Especially in terms of being a children, we have to. Because it all starts with listening and adhering and working our faith. That's what it means. So that was my spiel. Now I'm getting ready to get into this lesson. Okay. And I need you to listen and focus. Um, I also want you, when I'm going through this lecture, to humbly think about your life. Humbly think about your actions. Humbly think about the relationships that you have um, whether or not they are positive relationships, broken relationships, fragmented relationships, fake relationships, authentic relationships, humble relationships. I want you to think about all of these things while I'm reading these, this um, lesson, because you know I write my lessons down. So we live in a microwave society where we're used to getting exactly what we want right when we want it. And that's immediately, you know, people want their stuff right now, especially in the United States. We don't believe in waiting. Well, how long am I getting my stuff? Because I'm if I'm paying you, I want my stuff right now. If I got to pay you right now, I want my stuff right now. So that that's how we live in this capitalistic society. I want it now, 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 now. If I could get it cheap, I'll get it cheap and I'm going to sell it to you for thousands of dollars. That's how we are in the United States. And I'm just throwing out an example of it. In some ways, it's good to want, you know, to get um, your goods, services, relationships, whatever now. But it can also be a double-edged sword simply because we're not made to get everything we want immediately. That's just not the way it's supposed to be. This is the fleshly way of doing things. I already told you that you live in down here with the prince of this ear and the God of this world. That's what Yeshua says in the New Testament. So let the most high be the truth and every man be a liar. Okay, so if Yeshua is saying that he is the God of this ear and he is, I'm sorry, the prince of this ear and the God of this earth and he's the one who's deceiving you, telling you, yeah, you need to get it now. 
Be led by your belly. Be led by your lust. Be led by all the things you want. Go ahead. You can have it. Is he not lying to you? Because even though you can get it, you know there's a catch. Just like when he, when he, bamboozled, when he bamboozled Eve. There's a catch. Okay? Because you cannot trust the devil. He's been a liar since the beginning. This is what Yahshua said. So if he's telling you, oh, yeah, you can get it. You can get it. Remember, you living in the land of, I can get whatever I want at any time of the day and any time of the night, United States. I'm going to get it. I'm going to go get it. And I'm going to get it. A lot of times when you do get it, it doesn't mean it's good for you. It doesn't mean you should have it. This is why a lot of people are in the positions they're in. And I'm just going to say it like that. Because they don't know what they need. They just know what they want. And what you want and what you need is two different things. Sometimes we're going to bypass what we need and get what we want. And then guess what happens? It may lead to our demise in one way or another. So like I said, this is a fleshly way to be. And a fleshly way of doing things. To gratify the flesh is not always good. And this also goes for our relationships. Everybody think it's cute to be married for two days, three days, two years, five years. Oh, yeah. Or even have a marriage that ain't real. Okay? But that's another story. In terms of interpersonal relationships... Marriage is a way of life for human beings. When we love someone, we want to spend our lives with them, especially in the beginning. When we put on our best game face and our best behavior. <laughs> so many of us in the spirit say, this is what we say. We go to get married. Oh, God brought this person into my life. So they go to the altar and they get married. Then later on down the road, they get a divorce, citing irreconcilable differences. Mm -hmm. I'm going to break down what that term is, but I'm going to keep talking about it right now. Which on many occasions is a cop out. Now we know this because there's a high divorce rate in the United States. So we know that this is not true. Somebody, oh, he's my soulmate, he's this, he's that, because your flesh is being gratified, okay? The problem is, if you really love someone, you would know that having ups and downs are a part of life, okay, with the other person. You get 50-50 through sickness and health, and this is the way it goes. Now, like I said, People love the idea, the theory of marriage. When they have to put it into practice, they don't want to do it. Because marriage is meant to be forever. Forever, that's what it is. Forever. That's what it's meant to be. Through your ups, your downs. If people are listening to the words of the preacher, the priest, whoever it is that married you, the, the minister, the judge, Whoever married you, if you listen to the words that's being said, the traditional words, because nowadays people just saying whatever. If you listen to the traditional words, you will hear exactly what it entails. 
Now, people like theory. They do. In their minds, they could do anything. Okay. In our minds, in our fleshly minds, we believe that we could do anything. Oh, yeah, I could do that. Because some people make it look real easy. And in reality, it's not. Because it's not what you think. Everything is more than meets the eye. Everything. And people don't think that way. They just look at somebody else and they put themselves in somebody else's um, situation. They go, well, if they could do it, I can do it. Not knowing all the nuances that goes on behind the scenes. So they just look at this marriage that been forever or what seems to be forever and it and runs smooth and everything is great that's presented to you. And they look and say, I want that. Or they'll look and go, I could do that. Oh, I, I could do that. Not thinking about what it takes to have a successful marriage. Now, did I say perfect? I didn't say perfect. I said successful. And I said excellent. Okay, because I already said stuff like this about marriage. So excellent, successful, and specially crafted just for you because everybody's marriage is not for everybody else. You could look at somebody else's marriage and what they put up with and what they do with one another and say to yourself, I would never let this person do that to me, or I would never let this person do this or that, but it works for them. And I'm not talking about um, domestic violence or nothing like that. Sometimes people have a marriage that other people can't understand, but it works for those two people. Okay. And that's what makes it run. And I'm not talking about um, anything uh, detrimental like domestic violence or um, abuse. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people have uh, specialized marriages that work for them and it works great for them. Then other people, they'll critique that marriage and they're not even married or they've been divorced or they're not in a marriage that is successful and um, specialized. And they'll um, talk about that marriage when their marriage is excellent to those two people. Okay. We can't look at other people's situation and go, oh, I could do that. Because you don't know what it entails and nobody's going to tell you all these secrets to their marriage. Okay. So like I said, you have to give 50-50 through sickness and in health. And this is the way it goes. But for some of us who are not willing to do this, minus the people who don't know any better, these people are fleshly and they're not ready to put in the work, okay? For anything, especially when the going gets tough. Nope. They're not. The same situation goes for family members. Okay. When they give up on their family, when the going gets tough, now I don't mean this if the family member is a bum, meaning a spoiled brat or is entitled. I mean, those who work hard and need a break and no family is willing to assist in any way. But there are actually some family members who don't care one way or the other about anybody. 
not even their own family members. They grow up selfish, self-centered, and entitled. And they fool themselves into thinking that they are somehow better than the other family members. Now, mind you, you all grew up together. Uh, predominantly, I want to say predominantly with the same parents, same mother, same father. But nowadays, we just don't know. I mean, there could be five fathers, six fathers, seven fathers, who knows? But if you're growing up in the same household, I, I'm just going to stay on the positive side. That's all I'm going to say, because I I know better, but I'm just going to stay on the positive side. And I'll say, if you all grew up together with a um with family members or loved ones who loved you and groomed you. And, and when I mean groom you, I mean, uh, raise you up to be a proper individual. I'm not talking about nothing um, obscene. When they grow you up to be a proper tax paying citizen, that's what I mean. But you turn around and show your behind and you too self-centered and you separate yourself from everybody. You in your mind is saying, I'm not going to be a part of this because it's irreconcilable differences. I have differences with these family members and I don't agree with them and I do not support them and I do not want to be a part of them. And then you leave. I'll be talking about that later. I'll come back to that later. Like I said, um, they think that somehow they better off or better than the family members um, that may need a hand. Remember, the Lord of Most High states that you reap what you sow. Not only is the law and the um, commands focused on assembling, coming together, and loving one another, and being one, because that's what many of those laws, the 613 laws are about. Respect, love, support, assembly. That's what it's about. So how is it that you don't have to deal with it anymore? And I got to keep saying that because when you really know the laws spiritually and understand spiritually, with, spiritually what they say, it's about love and support. It's also about what you shouldn't do because the most high already know that you're going to turn around and do it. That's why he put the law down so that you won't have no excuses. Oh, I didn't know any better. Because we as human fleshly beasts, and I have to say that, because when you're doing all the shenanigans, you're being a beast because you're not being of the most high. The most high don't lie. The most high sticks to his word. The most high is upright. The most high loves and supports. The most high has all the fruits of the spirit. So he's long suffering, patient. He give you time after time to straighten up all of that. If you're not being that, you being a beast. So that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Okay. And that's what we acting like in our relationships. When we don't uphold the laws and the commandments. Because they're ethical and they're moral. Okay. And don't forget that. Water break. Okay. Lastly, I want to discuss those who call themselves having friends, quote unquote. Now, I already did two lessons in regard to friendships, but because this is a part 
of those interpersonal relationships that people yell out irreconcilable differences or they show you that there's uh, irreconcilable differences. Now you could, they could verbally say it and just not be there emotionally anymore. Or they could show you. The worst thing is showing you. Okay. Because this is where the neglect comes in. Now, I talked about marriages, which is the most intimate. Then I talked about families. And now I'm talking about friendships. Again, I want to discuss those who call themselves having quote unquote friends. Since I have already discussed this friendship situation and what a good friend is supposed to be. I will not go into a deep discussion about it or beat a dead horse. But I must say that a friendship is a 50-50 relationship, interpersonal relationship. That is supposed to be valued between two, three, four, whoever. Okay, because um, you can have real close friendships with about four or five people. Y'all all met together. Y'all all friends, but um, a lot of times some people will get closer because they have more in common. But I have to say this, sometimes friendships have a season and a reason because we all grow what we're supposed to. The expectation of the most high is that we grow in our lives spiritually, physically, emotionally. We all grow. We don't stay stagnant. When we do stay stagnant, stagnant. when something is stagnant, what happens? It dies. It doesn't grow. It dies. So when somebody is stagnant, if you're in a relationship, two people, three people, whoever, if you're in a relationship and one person's not growing, they could bring the other person down or the other person could just leave. Whatever the case, stagnation is not a good thing. Okay? It's not a good thing. It could also be a pathology that could be hindering them. You don't know. Okay. And I'm not going to go into that. But like I said, a friendship is 50-50, just like a marriage. And just like all the rest of the marriages, they break up for whatever reason. There are reasons and seasons why they break up, but sometimes it's for the better. But you must also note that some people don't deserve true friendship because of their selfish nature. They don't nurture their uh, friendships. They're not loyal. They're selfish and self-centered. And they don't cultivate their relationship and take it for granted. That's what they do. And in this case, the relationship breaks down and the person who abuses the other person is left alone. I say this to say that these are instances of irreconcilable differences. And I would like to define this so that people can understand how ridiculous this term is. And this is a social construct for lazy, complacent people 
who don't like doing the work that it takes to cultivate relationships. I also want to give you some information in regards to the scriptures and what they have to say about irreconcilable differences. Now, I'm going to say this before I um, I um, define irreconcilable differences. We all have a free will. The Most High gave us a free will. Now, there's some mysteries in regards to the free will, but I ain't going to talk about that right now because we still on the shore. We're not in the middle of the water. I can't give you mysteries, but I just want to say that there are mysteries. So we have a free will. We could do anything we want at any time because the Most High blesses us with the free will. The angels have a free will. We have a free will. Everything got a free will. It has a free will. With your free will comes consequences. Okay? Whether it's a positive consequence or negative, it's up to you. Again, everything takes work. There's no such thing as, oh, yeah, I'm just going to have this and that's just going to be that. You have to cultivate, you have to nurture, you have to feed an interpersonal relationship. It's like a pet. You get this dog and you do nothing. You don't walk it or this cat. I'm going to say dog because you don't walk cats. You don't walk the dog. You don't feed the dog. You don't give the dog water. You don't exercise the dog. You don't nurture the dog. You don't talk to the dog. You don't do nothing. What's ha- What's going to happen to the dog? the dog is going to perish. If that dog don't run away, the dog is going to perish. Okay. If you have the dog, but you do those things, but you don't give it emotional support, the dog is going to starve and become depressed. And this is a dog. Can you imagine a person? If you don't take responsibility for the dog and you just keep making excuses, excuses, excuses as to why you can't do this for the dog, why you didn't know this for the dog, why you didn't know that, and you just keep making excuses, what's going to happen with the dog? If somebody don't call the ASPCA on you and the dog don't run away, the dog is going to perish. Same thing with a cat, except for the cat knows the minute a door, a door, a, a window, something's open, the, door, the cat's leaving. The cat is at a dodge. Trust and believe the cat's going to go because the cat's not going to stand there and be uh, and starve. That's not what the cat's going to do. Okay. I had many a cat since I was a cat, uh, kid. <laughs> the cat's not going to stand there and starve. Not unless you lock in all the doors and all that and you focus on abusing the cat. But like I said, if you don't nurture and um, work to cultivate any relationship is going to, somebody's going to leave or somebody, the relationship's going to die, period. There's no ifs, no ands, no buts, no excuses, no nothing. You can't hide behind these things, especially year after year after year after year after year. Everything is the same go-to, oh, I didn't know, or I didn't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. If you are a grown person and you know how to have a relationship, then you know what it takes 
to keep a relationship or you should have common sense enough. And I already know common sense ain't common, but if you have grown enough to step into a relationship, you have to know how to keep it moving. You have to be able to know how to keep the relationship moving or else you never going to have a relationship, not a decent one. You never going to have one. You're going to find yourself by yourself. Even if somebody's there emotionally, they're not going to be there. They'll just be living in the house with you and y'all just be living separate lives in house, trying to make it work and have this facade going. So now I want to uh, define from the Webster's Dictionary, which is a Eurocentric dictionary, a Eurocentric dictionary, irreconcilable differences. And this is what it says. The inability to agree on most things or on important things. They are filing for divorce, citing irreconcilable differences. Irreconcilable differences is a noun, a plural, but singular or plural in construction. Substantial incompatibility between marriage partners that is a broad ground for especially no-fault divorce, okay? I'm going to keep reading because there's several um, definitions. Um, uh, uh, irreconcilable differences is also a legal concept. The concept of irreconcilable differences provides possible grounds for divorce in the United States of America and other jurisdictions. And according to Bing AI, it says irreconcilable differences are differences between two parties that cannot or will not be changed. And I'm going to talk about that if I finish this. They can be differences in character, personality, belief, or opinion. Irreconcilable differences are often used as grounds for no-fault divorce in some states. They indicate the inability to agree on most things or on important things. Now, I want that to marinate in your head. I want you to receive what I just said and think about what I said. Does it make sense to you in terms of free will? No, it doesn't because just like you saw this man or this woman and said you love them and you went to the most high in the form of a marriage to come together and be as one. Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take this person. We're going to be one. And then you turn around. I don't know how many years later and go, oh, well, it ain't working out because I don't want it to work out because I don't agree with him or I don't, I don't, um, I don't like his opinion or I don't like his belief. Shouldn't you have already done your homework before you went to the most high? And I'm going to bring this back to what I said before in regards to marriage. I, I think I said something about marriage. Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, um, in terms of marriage, this is what Solomon says. And Solomon was the most, the person with the most wisdom ever before his time and after his time. That's what the Most High says. So let the Most High be the truth and every man be alive. This is what Solomon says. Wait for the Most High to send you your mate. That's what he says. Wait for the Most High to send you your mate. 
I believe it's in the Song of Solomon. If it's not in the Song of Solomon, it's in another one of Solomon's personal books. It's not in Proverbs, but it's in one of those books. And I can't remember it off the top of my head, but that's what he says. Wait for the most high to send you your mate. Now, why is that important? And that's where any, any um, interpersonal relationship simply, and I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to get back to that, but I'm going to tell you this. People keep relationships longer when they have a lot in common. And sometimes opposites attract when it, um, when you have an interpersonal relationship, I'm not talking about, you know, like friendships sometimes, um, and marriages, sometimes it works when, um, they're two opposites because they're like, and I, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it like yin and yang. They come together as one. It's one person that sees, um, something one way and uh, another person sees it another way. And it's, it becomes, um, whole that half and that half becomes whole okay like becoming one so in that instance that's fine but then there's people that's um birds of a feather they flock together they have the same values they have the same outlook they have the same um beliefs and then it works because it's a whole but then there's some people like i said it's a season and a reason they may be friends or uh, together for whatever reason. And that's in regards to friendships. And then it just breaks off and everybody goes their own way. It could possibly be because somebody outgrew somebody else. It could be because one person is stagnant. It could be because both people don't want to do the work or one person doesn't want to do the work or one person is emotionally not there or it could be one person's doing all the work and the other person's doing no work and doesn't take any um, responsibility for anything. So it could be any of those. But in regards to um, Solomon saying, wait for the most high to send you your mate, the reason why is because the most high is perfect, perfection. Okay, he's perfection in every sense of the word. He's so perfect, I don't have no words for it. That's how perfect he is. And you're not going to come together. The Most High is not going to bring nothing together that's not ready to be together. I already told you. He's so wondrous and he's so perfect. And he does everything in his time and his perfection. This is why. Solomon says what he says, because Solomon understood that the most high ain't going to put two people together that ain't ready to be together. If you got all this baggage, if you got all this uh, trauma, if you have all of this nonsense in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, in your body, the most high is not going to bring you to somebody who got the same thing because you're going to be a mess. The most high is not the author of confusion he's not the author of confusion and that's what that is confusion when somebody come oh yeah i see this person oh yeah i like the way he looked now you being led by your flesh oh yeah i like the way this person look oh huh oh this person got some money oh yeah i like this people gonna people gonna know that we got money and we look good and this and that and people gonna think this and listen 
the most high didn't bring you together. I don't care how much of a charade you got. The most high did not bring you together because if the most high brought you together, then the most high is going to whip you in shape. So you're not going to come in with baggage and neither is your mate. And y'all going to create something together. That's what you're going to create. You ain't coming in with your, uh, your family background baggage, with your emotional trauma. You're not coming into the relationship with that. And you're not going to come together in trauma because people do that all the time. People on substance, uh, some uh, people on substances, uh, people with trauma, they'll connect to one another and they, that's how, that's what they have um, in common trauma. And guess what? Trauma brings drama. So all your relationship is, is trauma and drama. Okay. And that's what it's about. I don't care how much you try to make it something else. It's trauma and drama. And neither one of you are happy or at peace. And I know this. You're not at peace. Because the Most High did not put his hand on it. He didn't. You're not at peace. There's no peace in that marriage. There's no peace in that relationship. There's no peace in it. Nothing. There's no way. If you explained your relationship that somebody with um, uh, common sense or higher discernment would know that... Uh, there wouldn't be peace in that relationship. If you explained your relationship to somebody with higher understanding, spiritual understanding, discernment, and you was humble and you was real and truthful about your relationship, is no way in the world that they will believe that their relationship is harmonious. Mm -mm. And this goes for all the interpersonal relationships, family and friendships, loving relationships, which is husband and wife, family and friend, uh, friendships. All those interpersonal relationships, which are very important relationships. It's not like a business relationship. Okay, that's different. You in that relationship because there's something that's going to be beneficial to you. It's, it's going to fulfill your financial interest. That's why it don't matter whether you like the person or not, whether you care about the person or not. When money's involved, people going to do business and they're going to go into relationships because it's financially feasible for them. And that's the motivating force. But when that's not there, you got to work for the relationship. And I already told you, I'm still working on the mammon versus melanin, honey. That's a deep one. It's deep. I got to take my time with that. Okay. It's all mapped out, but I got to take my time with it. Because just because I have all the information down don't mean uh, my delivery. I got to, I, I, it's just, it's a lot. But anyway, I'm going to keep moving. If you, mo um, if you notice within all of the definitions, you come to understand that this is a term when people don't want to take responsibility for their actions, they don't want to do the work that it takes to reconcile, meaning coming together or compromising or reaching a consensus and living in harmony 
or respect for one another. Is that not against the law? I mean, people need to revisit these laws now. This is a fleshly way out of whatever position you're in so that the blame is not on you. It's lazy, it's complacent, and it's wicked. Oh, no, it's not my fault. Oh, no, 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 not me. Uh-uh, not me. Not me. Mm -mm. That's a cop-out. Not me. It's a cop-out. It's juvenile. It shows that you haven't grown. I don't care how old you are. It's juvenile. Is that what you're falling on? Is that what you're going to? That's your go-to? Oh, no, not me. Mm-mm. Irreconcilable differences. Oh, I can't. I can't because I just can't. No, not me. Mm -mm, I can't do it. When the most high say you could do everything. If you chose this person today, how is it tomorrow you don't want to choose them? Can you imagine if the most high was like that? I don't care how much the children of Israel uh, mess up, renege on the uh, laws, refuse to uh, follow them, do whatever they want. And be rebels. The most I said, oh no, I'm holding up my end of the bargain. And you are too, whether you want to or not, because I already chose you. I already made that proclamation. We already did all of this uh, together. I already made you mine from Abraham. You're not going anywhere. And if I got to wipe out the rebels so that there'll only be a remnant, because that's what's going to be, that's how it's going to be. But you're not going nowhere, okay? And all you rebels, I got something for you. I do. Oh, yes, I do. The Most High is not giving up on his side. And he has a free will. He could do whatever he wants to. Because there was a time that he said, oh, I'm going to wipe all them out. And Moses said, please don't do it. Because if you do, just take me too. I already know they wretched. I already know they rebels. They terrible. They stiff necked. They stupid. They savage. They believe everybody else. They can't, um, they, they don't want to do the work. They don't want to do nothing. But please forgive them because they don't know what they doing. Yes, that's about the size of what Moses said to the Most High. And the Most High said, and I'm going to say it my way to them rebels you better be glad Moses is who he is because I done wiped all y'all out and started fresh see the most high don't change his mind and we supposed to be like the most high we supposed to do the work the most high does the work he said I'm long suffering and I'm patient but there's gonna be a time when I'm gonna turn around and I'm gonna do x y and z and that was already done before the foundation of the world the most high said at certain at a such and such a time I already know these my children gonna run amok I already know the heathens that I put down here they're going to run amok and there's going to be a certain amount of time I'm going to write all the wrongs. That's why I made two worlds. Honey, it's in all the books. All the books. The Most High never goes back on his word. He's faithful. But we ain't faithful. And when we don't want to do the work to be faithful and respectful and loving towards one another, we turn around and go, oh no, I don't want to do that anymore. Or we just um, emotionally leave. We are no longer there emotionally. Oh, physically, fleshly, we there. But we not, not emotionally, we not there. We not there. We just acting on nerves. You checked out emotionally. Sometimes people checked out years and they just there. They don't even know what they're doing anymore. They're not in touch with their spiritual 
um, being. It's just, everything is just discombobulated. And I already told you, trauma brings drama and not peace. There's no harmony inside of you. You, you don't even know the, the meaning of the word harmony. And that is a travesty. It is a simple travesty simply because you don't even have any control of yourself anymore. You just left a part of your body, your spirit left a part of your body and just, you just acting on nerves. It's not even there. That's the saddest thing ever. It's sad. So like I said, this is a fleshly way out of whatever position you're in so that the blame is not on you. Oh no, it's not my fault. I ain't do nothing. I don't know nothing about it. I just came in somewhere back there. I don't know. No one wants to be blamed for their actions. They don't want to look like the bad guy. Even when they don't do the work. And this is what it boils down to. Oh, it's not my fault. This didn't work out. Even though it takes two to do the work in interpersonal relationships. This is a serious situation simply because times are serious and people are becoming more and more quote unquote sensitive, <laughs> excuse me, about bl being blamed for things that they do and they don't want to take responsibility for. Okay. They simply don't want to take the responsibility for the destruction or the demise of their relationships. So they make up all these excuses, thinking that people are going to buy it. Nobody in their right mind with any discernment or even a piece of common sense is going to buy that. You have to ask yourself, where does it end? Where does this end? All this round and round circle of nonsense. Where does it end? Nobody want to come to the realization, you know what, maybe we shouldn't have got married or you know what, um, something happened in our relationship. If we're not going to fix it, then let's just go our separate ways. Is the relationship worth fixing? Does the relationship mean anything to you? And this is all relationships. If it means anything to you, do something to fix it. You really got to sit down and you really got to look at yourself because sometimes it takes two, but sometimes one person is holding up the relationship and the other person is doing nothing or the other person, one person is doing 50, the other person is doing 20. So why does the person have to do 80 and you do 20? Or why does the person have to do 70 and you do 30? Or why does the person have to do 90 and you do 10? Who are you that you could just believe that you're you're just there and because you're there, you you got a relationship? This is why people really need to look at themselves humbly. They do. You really need to look at yourself humbly. And this is in all relationships, even with the children of Israel. Because there was a time that the Most High was saying, you're messing up this relationship. They was like, who? Who's messing up the relationship? Knowing they were well, they was 10 toes wrong. And they still going, well, who messed up the relationship? Wasn't me. Seriously? Is that why somebody could walk down the street and just off you? 
children of Israel? Is that why you stiff neck? And this uh, is this why you at the bottom of the totem pole? Is this why this why you got to think of you got to think about these things? You got to think about it, even in regular interpersonal relationships. Is this why all this stuff is happening to you? And you keep pointing fingers at everybody else knowing they're going well, three fingers is pointing back at you. It starts with you, children of Israel and everybody else who has failed, messed up relationships. It starts with you. You can't keep pointing fingers at people or, or acting like you don't know how I got here. Oh, I don't know. What? You can't keep doing this because it's ridiculous and you look ridiculous. Well, we know and understand that the more we refuse to take the blame, the worse we become with the most high because of his laws, statutes, precepts, and commands. And anything against that or opposed to the laws is wickedness. And humans not wanting to do the work is wrong. Okay. You don't want to do the work, especially the children of Israel and all this making up excuses. You can't make up excuses to the father of spirits because you were spirit, but you keep messing up, making excuses. Oh, no, it wasn't me. Oh, I'm just going to drift like a piece of plankton in the water. I'm just going to move wherever the water tells me to move. And I'm not going to think about nothing. I'm just going to exist. I'm just going to be here. And let the chips fall where, where they may. You can't do that. You got to do the work. You got to grow up. You got to do the work. You got to look inside yourself. Sometimes, and I'm just going to, um, I'm going to say this. Sometimes people don't know that they're doing that. But then after somebody brings it to their attention and they continue to do it, then yes, it's their fault. Unless there's a pathology. And I will say that unless there's a pathology. And in that case, then you need to go see somebody because you can't keep bumping your head and thinking that you're doing everything right. You can't. Or walking into walls, thinking that you're doing everything right. Now, we have to learn to take the good with the bad and correct whatever bad that we did, okay? Um, we have to be able to value people. And we have to understand that we're fleshly humans, okay? When we don't value the things um, that we should cherish, like people and relationships, and leave behind the things that we supposed to value, then we're going to get lost in the source. People are going to leave us. They're going to leave us alone. And people need to understand that relationships are far more important than things. Far more important than how other people see you. And we need to get it together. I'm focusing on the children of Israel because we don't value one another. We don't love one another. We don't listen. And that's important. You need to listen. When somebody's telling you, oh, you're hurting me. Or the most high is saying you violating my laws. 
you violated my commands. You don't go, oh, I didn't know, because the laws is clearly there. Most High said he ain't getting rid of the laws until the end of the world. I already did the consummation of time. Some of the laws, because there's 613, some of the laws are, um, I'm not going to say null and void. I'm going to say um, they've come to, some of the laws have come, I'm trying to put this in a way, <laughs> um, fulfilled. Some of the laws were fulfilled. Like Yeshua said, I didn't come to erase the law. I came to fulfill the law. And a lot of the law he came to fulfill, but not all the law, because the law um, consists of moral and ethical rules and regulations. And the reason why the children were given the law is because the father of spirits is their father. Okay. Had a contract with Abraham. And with this contract, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, just like your parents. I have a contract with my children. You got a contract with your children. Don't go out after a certain time. Don't come in the house after a certain time. Don't go out and have dirty dishes. You got to clean the house twice or three times a week. Somebody got to take out the garbage. If you have more than one child, I'm just saying I have one. Okay, do this. Wash the clothes. Do this. You got a schedule there's laws and and rules rules are laws if you bypass those laws knowing they're going well you're supposed to do them it's up to me to reprimand you the way i see fit and that's what the laws are about so uh you got to think about that so now i want to um oh i gotta stand up my leg now i want to um give you some scriptural verses so we could discuss them and then I'm going to sign off um, again I'm going to say there's no such thing it's a social construct um, irreconcilable differences and it's a concept for modern humans especially in the United States simply because we are microwave society and we want what we want and we don't want what we don't want and we have no idea what we need we just want 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 because it's the pleasure principle and the devil is dangling stuff in front of us I already told you we like a bunch of cats we could be doing whatever and here come the string we didn't turn around from what we want uh, what we was doing to this string Oh, I got to have the string. You don't know why you have to have the string. You just see this dangling little thing. Oh, and I'm just going to run after it. That's how your attention span is with everything. So naturally, you don't want to be responsible for nothing. Because you don't work for anything. You don't value anything. You don't nurture anything. Okay? It, nothing means anything to you. And that's what's happening, especially to the children of Israel. You know I'm going to get on top of y'all. It nothing, there's nothing of value to you. So that's why you could turn around and go, oh no, okay, well, I'm not going to deal with it no more. I don't want to deal with it. But that's not, that's the total opposite of what the Most High says. The Most High wants you to spar and work for things because he needs your spirit to be strong. This is why we fast. This is why we turn away from things we don't need. And this is what's going to make us strong. But no, nope, we want to follow the world. And guess who is the um the god of this earth and the prince of this air and this world? Uh-huh, you better think about that. So now I want to say some scriptures. 
And this is in regards to irreconcilable differences, child. Matthews, oh, I'm going to read from the ESV, which is the English Standard Version. And the reason why is because it's regular English. People can understand. Matthew 19 and 6. Whoa, hold on. Matthew 19 and 6. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore the most high has joined together, let no man separate. I told you, this is one of those things that they say in a traditional marriage. So now, like I said, because I'm a minister, I do marry people, but sometimes people want to pick their own stuff. But for the most part, it says, whatever the most high puts together, no man, let no man separate. And I'm going to go back to what um, Solomon said. Wait for the most high to bring you your, um, your mate. Now, there's rules and regulations to this. It's not just, oh, just go get anybody. Or just the first person come along because you desperate. And you want to be with somebody. Oh, yeah, God brought this person in my life. And then two and three years later, you get a divorce. Did he really? Again, I'm going to say it. Matthew 19 and 6. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore the most high has joined together, let no man separate. No man can separate with the most high put together. That's how you could tell. The most, uh, the children are, um, that's awakened, they know what it is. Oh, they know. Okay. You need to work the marriage too. It ain't magically going to stay the way it is because people are people, period. And you have to come 50 and let the other person come 50. You can't come 90, 10, 80, 20, 70, 30. One person do all the work and the other person ain't doing nothing. And that's with every interpersonal relationship. Every interpersonal relationship. First Corinthians seven and 11. Again, all of these um, scriptures are from the ESV. First Corinthians, sorry. And remember, this is Shaul saying this. But if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband and the husband should not divorce his wife. That's what he's saying. And I, it goes right back. Whatever the most high has put together, let no man separate. If the most high put you together, then there's no separating. Now, again, I already told you. I didn't, I can't give you the exact statistical number of how high divorce rate is but from my last lesson it was over 50 percent in the united states think about that okay so if the most i put you together and they'll they'll say god oh yeah god put this back oh that person is my soulmate oh yeah this that and the other and next thing you know they divorce and they hate the ground and the air that they breathe and the ground that they walk on did the most High put that together I already told you the most high is not a yah of confusion, honey. He's perfect. No, honey. See, we so quick to keep throwing God in there. Maybe it's your God. It ain't the most high. I don't know. 
people need to look at and really, you know, reevaluate your relationship and look at yourself really, honestly, humbly. Because people's just, I don't know, they all over the place. Luke 16 and 18, ESV, everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. And he who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. Now, there's a lot I can say about that. As a matter of fact, there's some metaphorical things that the Most High, who is Yeshua in the flesh, says in regards to that. But I'll just use it just as uh, plainly as it is. There wouldn't be no divorce if the most high put it together, period. And in regards to a relationship itself, family, friend, and loving relationship between a, a husband and a wife, you commit an adultery when you violate um, your friendships, when you don't nurture them, when you abuse that person, when you um, disrespect that person in front of everybody, when you... Uh, refuse to acknowledge your wrongs and it happens over and over and over and over and the other person just keep coming back, coming back, coming back. After a while, it's just like, I'm done. So you got to think about that too in all interpersonal relationships. That's where the divorce comes in because somebody is committing adultery in a sense if it's not husband and wife. You going on, you violating the, the uh, relationship. Okay? And nobody's supposed to be violating the relationship. But when one person does, how do you expect the other person to stay there? Especially when they forgive, 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 forgive. Enough is enough. There is something in the scriptures, especially where Moses' time, when he said divorce her, give her a bill of divorce. Uh, why did uh, Moses say that? Because Yeshua explained it. I'm going to tell you what it, Yeshua said, and then I'm going to tell you why. Well, I might as well tell you why. Uh, Moses says why, because the men were headstrong. They didn't want this from the wife. They didn't want that. They didn't want the wife to look like this. They didn't want the wife to look like that. Oh, they didn't like the way the wife did. Oh, they thought that the wife wasn't a virgin, this, that, and the other. So it was so much nonsense that Moses said, then just give her a bill of divorce. And this became a, um, I want to, I don't want to say controversy, but this became an issue. Uh, when Yeshua walked uh, the earth at that time, because they was like, well, why did um, Moses say that they could have a divorce? And Yeshua said pretty much, and I ain't going to say verbatim what he said, but he said pretty much because the men were so hard-headed and headstrong about having relationships with these women for whatever reason, that it was just better to um, give a bill a bill of divorce instead of abusing her. He didn't say abusing her, but it's better just to give a bill of divorce because there's something that the man, the man don't like. And because men can easily overpower a woman and abuse her because he don't like whatever it is, irreconcilable differences, give her a bill of divorce and send her on her way. So this way, everybody is uh, scot-free and um, not abused there. Matthew 19 and 9. 
just like I said before. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another, commits adultery. Uh-huh. So you're supposed to stay with your mate and work it out if you didn't have intimate relationships with somebody else. I'm going to say this. Intimate relationships with somebody else don't have to be physical. It could be emotional. Because like I said, in some relationships, you're not emotionally, you're not there. You left the relationship a long time. You're just drifting. It's not a relationship. And again, trauma brings drama. So if you checked out emotionally, but physically you there, it's still not working. Because you're not giving your 50%. Physically, you there. But it's like you're a, a ghost in a shell. You just there. But your emotional self, your, um, your soul in your mind is not there. It's somewhere else. Now, I know many people that's in those types of relationships. And I... I feel sad because nobody should be in that type of relationship. Nobody. But again, it is what it is. Genesis 2 and 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Now. It's too much to say about this. If y'all. Two people who's married or whoever in relationships, you need to work out whatever it is in the relationship to keep the relationship fresh, whole, healthy, uh-huh, uh-huh, harmonious. That's how you need to keep it. It shouldn't be no less than that. Even in interpersonal relationships, it shouldn't be. And even in uh, familial relationships, your siblings and stuff like that. Now, I'm not saying be dysfunctional because we can become dysfunctional when we put our families um, in our lives so much so that it becomes triads, dyads. And now I'm talking psychology. It becomes dysfunctional. Everything I'm doing in my uh, with my family and in my personal relationship is meshed into you, my sister, my brother, whoever it is, with your relationship. And it gets so bad that you ain't having a good relationship with the family that you started. That's why the Most High said, leave your mother and your father and go get with your wife and be one somewhere else. Because can you imagine you, your mother, your father, all y'all in there, everybody got something to say about everybody else. This is dysfunctional. It becomes a pathology. Something's wrong with that because it's not supposed to be that. Even the most high told Abraham, leave your mother and father. Go get your wife and go over there. He say, stay here with your mother and father. And all of y'all all together could be meshed up. Y'all all got the same friends. Y'all all got the same family. Y'all all meshed up together. Nope, he didn't say nothing like that. This is why it doesn't work. 
This is why you can't have in-laws living with you. This is why you can't have family members living with you. This is why. Dysfunction to the highest degree. Moving on. Now I want to talk about valuing things above people. This is another reason why irreconcilable differences. People value things more than they value the loved one that they walked to the altar and said they're going to love or friendship or familial uh, relationship with siblings. That they're going to value something else, that they're going to be better than somebody else, that they want to uh, separate themselves because they don't think that this person should be their family member or that person uh, didn't love me enough or care about me enough. I didn't get enough love and this and that. All the nonsense, child, nonsense. Philippians, again, everything is from the ESV. This is valuing things above people, even valuing, your, valuing yourself above your um, counterparts. This is another thing, being selfish, self-centered, um, <laughs> And not caring about nobody else. Philippians 2 and 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility count others more significant than yourselves. What? It's Sha'u saying you got to be humble and love people as you love yourself. Yahshua said it too. It's one of the laws and the commands. Uh-huh. Love people, respect people, love the most high, and love people as yourself. Mm-hmm. You ain't better than nobody else. And nobody should be working and slaving for your attention, for your love, for your support. They shouldn't be doing that. That's dysfunction. Okay? That need to be work out, uh, worked out. That right there is a pathology that needs to be worked out. That is not normal on any level. It's not. When you fearing that somebody's gonna take somebody away and we all adults and 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 you selfish and have your selfish ambition, child, that's that's a pathology. Somebody need to go call, please call a help hotline. Somebody go go seek therapy. There's nothing wrong with therapy. Therapy is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with, especially somebody who um, is, uh, I was going to say of the cloth, but somebody who, like me, I have a degree in mental health, but I am also a minister. Somebody who could tackle those um, parts. Okay, they can tackle the physical part. They could tackle the spiritual part. Go see somebody. Um, Acts 20 and 35, in all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Most High, which Yeshua, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's right. When you sit up there, take, 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 taking all the time. Everything is me. Oh, it's me. It's me. It's me. And you ain't giving nothing. 
you don't deserve a relationship. The most high gives of himself. He's the husbandman. He gives of himself. And right now he is tearing his wife to shreds. Yes, because she going to act right. In the end, the most high going to get his way. But for us individually, we need to understand and know it's not all about us. You can't just check out and think things is going to be all right and then use the excuse, oh, no, 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 not me. Mm -mm. I didn't do it. I'm scot-free. I didn't do nothing. You're right. You didn't do nothing. You didn't do nothing to nurture. You didn't do nothing to support. You didn't do anything. Okay? You're right. You didn't do nothing. This is why you in a situation you in. Philippians 2 and 4. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And that goes with Philippians 2 and 3. Stop looking at yourself. Don't be selfish and self-centered. Okay? Be humble. Look at other people. Romans 12 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Oh, I want it now, now, now. Microwave society. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go get me a man. He, I'm going to dust him off. And I'm going to pick him up. And he's going to be mine. It's very detrimental and very um, dangerous to just pick anybody up and make them your husband or your wife. It's dangerous. People getting killed out here. People getting shot. They don't know who these people are. It's too dangerous for you to be picking people up. Let the most high choose your mate. And if you had the faith, like you're supposed to have, it's not just a word, honey. It's an action. If you had the faith, then you'll wait for the most high to send you your mate. Why? Because he got to whip you in shape. Because you want a good man, right? Or you want a good woman? Well, if you want a good man, you sure better bring a good woman. And if you want a good woman, you sure better bring a good man. And that's what the most high does. Oh yeah. I'm a whoop. I mean, I'm a, yeah, I'm a whip this person into shape. And then I'm a whip this person into shape. And in uh, January 4th, 2024, they're going to come together and they're going to be good together. And they're going to get married on such and such a date. Whenever they get married. And they're going to stay together. That's what the Most High does. We don't wait for the Most High. We just be picking anything up. Dusting anything off. Because we desperate. Or we don't want to be alone. Or this is happening. Or that's happening. It is no real love. You didn't get um, yourself fixed up. So you brought your baggage into the relationship. That person brought their baggage. Because a lot of times people come together in trauma. When they, when the most high did not bring them together. They both had trauma. They both holding on to each other because we have needs and we have, we have to get our needs met by any means necessary. And especially if they traumatic needs, we've been in trauma and we have needs. We're going to do anything we need to do to fulfill those needs. And that means also we're going to marry whoever we marry. We're not going to wait on the most high because what the most high does is going to fix all of that gunk you got and fix all the gunk that whoever you going to be with got. And then that's how y'all going to come together. And then y'all going to live harmoniously. It ain't going to be perfect because there's nothing perfect. 
but it's going to be especially um, put together just for you. That's how it's going to be. And it's going to work just for you. It's going to be excellent just for you. So let me finish reading it because I just, <laughs> I just went, <laughs> I didn't complete it. Okay. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is why there's no such thing as um, irreconcilable differences. Because your mind, once your mind could be renewed, you could change it at any time. As a matter of fact, the most high tells you to change your mind when he says, turn from your wicked ways. Anyway, by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of the most high and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Say who now? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wait on the most high. Don't take things, matters in your own hands because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know you're behind from a hole in the wall. You don't. You don't, especially the grown people. It's just sad. At least the younger people still learning. The older people still, they stuck in their ways and it's just pathetic after a while. Enough is enough. Now I'm gonna move forward. I'm going to say this before I move. Psalms 103. Know that the most high, he is the L, meaning our power, our father. It is he who made us. Excuse me. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now, why did I read that? Because if we are his, then we must trust that he knows what he's doing. And if we wait for our mate, like um, Solomon said, then the most high is going to make sure that we get what we get. Okay. When we taking measures upon ourselves, then we get what we get. I already told you it's only good uh, righteousness and wickedness. So if you ain't going to listen to righteousness, it ain't nothing else but wickedness. So if you're going to take it upon yourself to do what you want to in this fleshly society, in this microwave society, oh, no, I want it now. I want it now, now, now. Then you're going to get what you get. Good luck. Moving on. Now I'm going to talk about value and relationships. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Let me give me some water. That's what we got to learn how to do. Value your relationships. You just can't let it do whatever it, it wants or neglect it or think that it could take care of itself or do whatever. You can't. It's not realistic. Not realistic. You can't put, uh, just have something and not put in the work. Anything worth having is worth working for and even fighting for. Okay. You can't be lazy, complacent, making excuses, being, uh, emotionally unavailable. I mean, you can't enough is enough people, people who are, um, 
elevated, a lot of people who are elevated, they're not going to go for that. They might let it slide one, once or twice, just like the most I said, in the time of your ignorance, I winked at it, but you better get yourself together. Okay. That's my word. A spiritual elevated person in a relationship that they work for and believe in is going to wink at certain things, but they're not going to stay there forever. They're not going to stay there forever because they're going to know when to hold them and when to fold them, when to walk away and when to run. Trust. They're going to know. And they will be walking away, leaving the person like, what happened? They That's just how it's going to work. Now, valuing relationships. Philippians 2 and 3. And I already read this, but I'm going to read it again. That's how important it is. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Be humble. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents and the most high, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the land. So loving and respecting parents and family members. However, you got to live your own life because the most high said, take your wife and go somewhere else. You don't live up under everybody. You don't bring everybody in with meshed with everybody else. Because when you're grown, you got your own stuff. As I'm not saying don't come together or whatever, but everybody being everybody else's friend, family member, this, that, no. It's too complicated. No. John 15 and 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now that's Yahshua. I'm going to tell you this. It's in the book of Yachanan. So uh, they focusing on the children of Israel, but I'm going to say this. I don't know nobody that would sacrifice themselves for a friend or for, for somebody else. I don't know nobody like that. I don't know nobody that's humble enough. Only the most high, maybe a mother and a child. I'll say a mother and a child. Okay, a mother and a child. But from there, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I have to say, I don't know. Some husbands will die for their uh, family members. But for the most part, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, the the Most High, who is Yeshua, is saying this in the book of Yachanan. But there's no greater love for somebody to be humble enough, to love enough for their friends for the people that they love, for your relationships. that That's the metaphor. But literally, Yahshua did this. Literally. Proverbs 27 and 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Oof. Mm. Solomon ain't never lied. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Mm, mm, mm. And for those people who don't know what that means, your real friends, you know who your real friends are. Okay? They'll stand by you through thick and thin. Real ones. And the enemies will just keep on pecking, 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 pecking. Pack it, pack it, pack it, pack it, pack it. Those are the fake ones. 
they don't know. They just, I'm going to keep moving. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Do I have to explain that one? I will say this. You know a real friend when stuff goes down, you know. No excuses, no nothing. You know a real one at all times. You know, especially when adversity comes. Uh, Hebrews 10 and 25. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So that's loving one another, supporting one another. This is the children of Israel strictly because Shaul wrote the book of Hebrews. So he's just talking to the children of Israel to get themselves together. Get it together. Get it together. And I'm going to say this too to the children of Israel. Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of the most high is living active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So what, what is he saying? The most high knows your heart. The most high knows if you are real one or if you ain't, whether you deserve this relationship or not. I already went back and I said twice or probably three times, and I'm going to say it again. Let the most high choose your mate. Solomon says this. It could be, um, I'll just say, I'll say it in this language, your interpersonal relationships. Let the most high choose them. Let the most high choose them. That's how they stay. And I understand that sometimes there's a season and a reason. I understand. And it becomes a little more complicated depending on who you are, what position you in, in your life, what you've endured because the Most High will send somebody in there for a certain amount of time to fulfill your needs. Because we need, we have to get our needs met. They may be there for a certain amount of time to fulfill whatever need you have. Remember, we have trauma, children of Israel. The Most High is playing chess, honey. He's doing what he need to do. So sometimes you may have a friend that'll come in for a season or a reason. Sometimes friends stay and sometimes they don't, depending on what it is. And, you know, sometimes it is what it is. So if you elevate it enough, you just let it be what it is. Two Peters, one and three. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and righteousness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So this is also talking to the children of Israel. The most high has blessed us with so many things. He's never left us. He is the husband, man. We are the bride that act up. We uh, hard-headed, stupid. Um, 
ignorant because we ignorant as in not knowing spiritual things. We stupid as in there's some things we know and we still ain't doing it. We stiff neck. We listen to other people. We following other people. We hate one another. The most high is faithful and we're not. And we need to get it together. That's what that means. The most high is not going to um, take his word back. He's going to be faithful and he's going to make sure that you are too. And when you're not, you will suffer the consequences, period. All rebels. First Peter 1 and 17. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. So the most high is saying, well, Peter is saying, who is um, Kepha, who is the captain of the apostles, who was told to go to the children of Israel. He's talking to the children of Israel. Do the work, children of Israel. This is what uh, Kepha is saying. Do the work. I don't care where you are, because the most high is going to bring you through the fire so that you could be like gold. He's going to bring the children of Israel through the fire. Because that's just the way it is on this side. That's why the Most High made two worlds. Go to the book of Ezra. You'll know what I'm talking about. Moving on. Hold on. Sorry. Am I still in valuing? Yes, valuing relationships. Hold on. <laughs> hey, I did that. <laughs> Hebrews 10 and 25. Did I do that? Hold on. I think I did it all. Oh, brother. Proverbs, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to explain why I said it. Proverbs 13 and 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. If y'all walk together and become one, the most high put y'all together, you're you going to elevate. You choosing whoever you want to out of desperation, out of a microwave society. Oh, I want, I want, I want. Who knows what you're going to get? You're going to be the fool and you're going to suffer harm. You're going to be the fool that suffers harm. Okay. Solomon was wise, honey. Very wise. Solomon says a lot of stuff about friends. And I did stuff about friendship, which I'm not going to go over again, but it's very important. Friendship, loving um, familial um, relationships and loving relationships are all interpersonal relationships that should be valued, nurtured supported giving your attention to okay that's how you're gonna learn to love the most high 
if you can't love the people that you can see, how are you going to love the most high that you can't see? How? And I don't want to hear about, oh, just have faith. Whatever. I already told you, faith has to be worked. And it, it's like steps. There's steps to this. It's not, oh, yeah, I'm just going to have faith. No. If you don't love your brother, how you how are you going to love the most high? How? That's in the scriptures too. Now I'm going to go to the last um, topic. And that is having love and respect for one another. And then I'm going to sign off. Hold on. Every time I see that, because I had several topics, these topics would run on top of each other, just blend into one another because uh, I get Genesis when it says a man shall leave his mother and his father and go with his wife and they become one flesh. So they leaving. This is having that respect. Sometimes you have to have that respect even for your mother and your father because I'm going to live my life this way. So I'm going to take my wife or my husband and I'm going to go over here. I'm not going to live under my husband, my mother and my father because they got their own rules and regulations I may not want to live that way even though my foundation is from my mother and father I'm not going to live that way or I might tweak it or we might have our own stuff or we might see things differently and not be meshed up so I'm going to take my wife and my family I'm going to go over here so that I, I, I've come to read that two or three times so that's in the love and the respect for one another again in Ephesians 5 and 25 husbands love your wives as Yeshua loved the assembly and gave himself up for her oof again who going to give themselves and sacrifice themselves for anybody, especially today? What devil you know on earth and in the United States is going to do that? Nobody. They're going to get up and they're going to leave. Nobody's putting all their energy in no kind of relationship like that. Who's putting their energy in that kind of relationship? This is what we got now. Oh, no, irreconcilable difference. Oh, I don't like you no more. I don't like what you said. I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah, that's what we got now. Mm. First, um, John 1 and 14 and the word became flesh and dwelled among us and we have seen his glory glory as the only son of the father full of grace and truth oh my why did the flesh I mean why did the word come and dwell among us because he loved us that's why it's in john 
one in 14. I'm going to say this. <laughs> I'm going to say this because I got one more after this and then I'm going to sign off. I say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again in regards to this. This particular scripture. In the New Testament, Yeshua came and he had apostles. Okay, 14 in all. I'm not going to go through the whole 14, but I will say this. Yeshua sent Kepha, who is Peter, the captain of the apostles, to the lost sheep. At that time, the fourth kingdom had dismantled all the children of Israel. Okay? Yeshua came here just like he promised Adam and did what he did and did what he needed to do. Praise y'all. Hallelujah. So he sent the apostles where they need to go. Go to the lost sheep. The lost sheep. That's what he said. Okay. He didn't mix up his words. He didn't stutter. He didn't do any of that. So everybody who went to the lost sheep wrote their own book or books. Everybody who went to the lost sheep went and they wrote their own books. Then there's Shaul, Paul who went to the Gentiles, he said himself twice in the New Testament that he is the apostle to the Gentiles. He said that. Uh-huh. So it is no secret that, um, or no um, coincidence that most of his writings is in the New Testament. However, if you think about what Shaul says, with the exception of the book of Hebrews, He's talking to the Gentiles who are the second flock because he couldn't possibly be talking to the heathens or the, the chaff because they're not listening to him. Because remember, the devil got children too. So, and listeners. So he's talking to the Gentiles, Shaul, and the rest of the stragglers of the lost sheep. That's why he wrote the book of Hebrews investigate it for yourself because I'm not talking I'm not talking nonsense I'm not talking out the side of my mouth none of that if you elevate it enough you understand what the scriptures say now I'm getting ready to say what is in the book of Yachanan who went to the lost sheep John 3 and 16, Yachanan 3 and 16, one of the sheep, remember there's two Yachanans, one of them got his head cut off, that was Yahshua's cousin, and the other one is Yahshua's brother, who wrote the book of Yachanan, regular book, and, well, a few, and wrote the, uh, the um, Revelation, as well as other books that they took out, just saying, Yachanan the brother wrote this from what Yahshua said. And I'm going to sign off with this. And why? first of all, why did I say all of that? Because the certain books go to certain groups of people, period. Because the average person, remember, these books are the children of Israel's books and nobody else's. Remember, the heathens took the books and they trying to interpret, they trying to do all kinds of stuff. What does the devil do? Infiltrate, separate, lie, deceive, conquer. The devil does all that. That's why I keep saying the devil, the devil, the devil. Because the more and more I keep talking, you'll know who the devil is and who the children of Israel are. You will know. I don't have to say it. I don't have to be literal. You already know when I'm talking. Back to what I was saying. 
These are the children of Israel's books. Okay? Shaul wrote books for certain people. This is why the name of the books is what they are. Yachanan is one of the apostles that went to the lost sheep. All the rest of the apostles went to the lost sheep. Shaul went to the um, to the Gentiles and the rest of the stragglers of the sheep. That's why he wrote the book of Hebrews. The Bible, what they say, the Bible, <laughs> the scriptures are not contradictory. For anybody who say the scriptures are contradictory, they don't know what they're talking about, number one. Number two, the Ruach is not dealing with them because if the Ruach was dealing with them, they wouldn't even blurt that out. Okay, let he who has an ear hear what the Ruach is saying. Okay, if the Ruach is not sup having supper with you, supping with you, please talk what you know. Okay, talk what you know. If you don't know, don't say nothing. Because when you open up your mouth and you don't know, you make a behind out of yourself. So don't say it if you don't know. That's my mantra. If I don't know it, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't know. I haven't gathered enough information. I haven't done any research. I haven't done anything. But this here, oh, yes, I've done enough. So I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and then I'm going to sign off. Okay? Because people's misinterpreting. They just doing all kinds of stuff. Yachanan, the brother of Yahshua, has written down what Yahshua said. Okay? And many things, especially in Revelation. But it is particular scripture I'm going to say. And I'm going to sign off. For the Most High so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Remember what book is in. Remember what Yahshua said to the apostles. Now. Nobody got love and respect more for you than the most high. Nobody. The laws and the commands are instructions for you to live by. Children of Israel. No, they do not go away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not them laws. Not until the next life the end and the beginning is at the same time. For all those people that it went over your head, I don't know what to say to you. Go to the book of Ezra. Read the book of Ezra. Four Ezra's, two Ezra. I already uploaded the book. Understand what I'm saying? There's no such thing as irreconcilable differences. Okay, because if it was, then the Most High would have made it one of the laws. There's no such thing, children of Israel, is uh, irreconcilable differences. Ain't no such thing. Because if you listen to the laws, you listen to the statutes and the commands of the Most High and the precepts. Remember, Solomon was the most, um, he had the most sense. He had the most wisdom. And what did he say? Wait for the Most High to bring you your mate. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So with that, I'm going to sign off. There ain't no such thing as irreconcilable differences. You could change your mind at any time. 
You could do the work at any time. The most high wants you to be a sparring athlete. You cannot be a sparring athlete not doing no work. Work is hard. Work is tedious. It hurts, but it builds those muscles. It makes you a sparring athlete. You're going to win, win, win when you do it. Okay? Nothing's going to happen when you stay stagnant and you be complacent. With that, I will say, I hope that you learned something from this lesson. I hope that I admonish somebody. And I hope that we keep moving on. We keep learning and understanding and growing together. We are a family. We are a family. The two flocks and especially the children of Israel. There's no such thing as irreconcilable differences. Are you your brother's keeper? Are you? Yes, you are. There's no excuse. Nothing you could say when the most high get a hold of you. Turn around from your wicked ways and repent. Meaning change your mind. You have the ability to do that. The most high gave you the free will. Stop being selfish and self-centered and living in a microwave society that the devil rules. Enough is enough. Get it right. You need to turn around. With that, I say, I hope that you have a wonderful Wednesday and until next time. Hi. Trying to contact me regarding a question, comment, or concern? Well, you got two ways of doing so. The first way is you can email me at cliffnote.com. Q&A at yahoo.com. I'll say it again. This is one word. Cliff note, the letter Q, the letter N, the letter A at yahoo.com. The second way is you can upload a question, concern, or comment on Spotify. The question section appears under the episode's description on Spotify. Send me your question and I'll definitely answer it. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. It's good to hear the word of truth from the Most High. But you know what's better? Hitting that follow button and hitting the small bell next to it to be notified of new content. You can also save a life by sharing this valuable content. Go ahead, save a life today. Thanks. Hey, don't make me your guilty pleasure. Hit that follow button and make that commitment. You will not be disappointed. And it's free. It doesn't cost nothing to hit that follow. Thanks.